All right, and welcome back to the seventh episode of the JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling. I'm the host. But today is the first edition of the Top Prospect Series presented by SNK Design of LaGrange. We've got Ryan Pepio, 2019 third-round pick to the Los Angeles Dodgers here on the show today. Um, Butler alum, great dude um, from Indianapolis. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his time at Butler, um, time in the Cape Cod League, draft day, his little draft day story. Um, his career so far with the Dodgers, which includes facing Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger in a game actually at Dodger Stadium. A little bit about his agent selection project process, just because I want to be an agent. So I'm trying to learn from all these guys, these minor league guys I'm interviewing, how they selected their agent, why they did. Um, but no, I came in contact with Ryan, I would say my junior year of high school. Um, I did a little project for an agent um, located in Chicago. He was like, hey, do this project about... Um, the top prospects from in, from the state of Indiana who will be drafted this year and then reach out to each, each and every one of them, interview them. And I came in contact with Ryan that way. Um, he was just a great dude all back then, great dude still now. But for some reason, about five, like for about five minutes in this episode, my voice goes a little, little staticky on the recording. I'm not sure why. I might have to get some new equipment. So um, for a little bit, my voice goes a little staticky, so you might not hear the questions, but Ryan's voice stays good throughout so you'll under, you'll you'll pretty much understand and be able to un- realize what questions I did ask. But let's get into the interview, and here we go. All right, Ryan Pepia, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jace. Thanks for having me. Oh, for sure. Thanks for coming on. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about briefly about your time at Butler. So you, you're an Indianapolis kid, right? From Westfield. Correct. So, um, you decided to go play at Butler, small school. What put Butler on top for you? And like, why did you decide to play so close to home? Butler was put on top for me because of proximity to home. Um, I wanted to be able to go home and be able to watch my brother play. Um, and see my family on the weekends and have family and grandparents um, able to see me play. Um, Butler in the Big East Conference also um, was a pretty pretty big ad as well. Being able to go to places I haven't haven't been before, like Seton Hall in New Jersey, St. John's in New York City. Um, I didn't get to play at Creighton, unfortunately, because we got snowed out. So, I mean, TD Ameritrade was uh, a perk, but I never got to experience that. Um, and then... I wanted to go to a strong academic school so that if baseball didn't end up working out for me, I was going to have a good degree to fall back on. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to go somewhere where I was going to have the opportunity to compete for a rotation spot as a freshman. It was going to be my first year playing solely baseball and not playing other sports. So I wanted to go somewhere where I knew I was going to be able to have the chance to compete for a lot of innings for the season to get to develop. Yeah. And what was that recruiting process like for you? Because I saw that you got an offer to play football at Ball State. So what was that? Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a fun, fun recruiting process. Um, a lot of it happened after my sophomore summer going into my junior year. And then throughout that fall, um, I, I visited a handful of schools. And I just kind of wanted to fall in love with a place, whether I was going there to play baseball or not, where I wanted to go somewhere that I would be happy if I wasn't playing baseball um butler's campus was gorgeous i went to quite a few schools that i really enjoyed um but butler just uh stood out on top to me yeah 
So what were some of those other schools that were in the mix for you? My final three was Indiana, Purdue, and Ball uh, and Butler. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they all, all these Indiana schools have great teams this year. I mean, IU they recently just got swept by Ohio State, but before that, I think we're eleven and two, and leading the Big Ten. Correct. Yeah, they're they're pretty good, and um, I really it was Coach Lamonis who was there who was recruiting me, but now, um, oh, what's his name? Who's the coach there now? Uh, coach. Coach Mercer? Yeah, Jeff Mercer. Yes, he was the coach at yeah. Wright State that recruited me at Wright State, and I really liked him. Um, he's a great yeah. guy, and I know players there love him. Yeah. So let's talk Let's talk a little bit about your time in the Cape Cod League. You played there in 2018, correct? Correct. Okay, so how did you connect it there? I, I think it was some coach that I read in some article, but could you take me through yes. so my, what went on there? My head coach, Dave Schrag, knew the coach, um, Coach Gassman. Um, out in Hyannis from previous coaching days. Um, and that was my connection there. So, he, um, I mean, when I first met Coach Schrag going into my freshman year, I was like, this is my – these are some goals I have and I want to play in the Cape Cod League after my sophomore year. And he's like, all right, let's see how your freshman year goes. And then I have a connection there, so we'll see if we can make it happen. And then going into my sophomore year, he was like, all right, you're good to go. Like, we'll make it happen this year. You're going to go out there in the summer and then – I, uh, he got me to sign a temporary contract to go out there for, um, I don't know if it was like 10 or 15 days. And they're like, all right, if you do well, you'll stay. Um, or if they don't, or if they need extra arms, you'll stay. If not, then we'll find you another spot. Yeah. So was that, was that the first time you realized you had a good shot at getting drafted? Was the Cape Cod League? Yeah, the Cape Cod League put me on the, uh, my, my stock definitely rose uh, that summer. Um, I'd always wanted to play professionally. I just didn't think it was going to happen the way it did and uh, go as well as it did. Um, So, I mean, I'd always hoped to get drafted and put myself in the position to get drafted, and I just was given the opportunity and ran with it. Yeah. So if you could choose, like, one big big memory from that summer in the Cape Cod League, what would that be? One big memory. That's tough. I would would chalk it down to – probably like the bullpen shenanigans with the guys and uh, with all the pitchers just doing random stuff in the bullpen, whether if it was like making a bonfire or um, doing other things I probably shouldn't say on on camera, nothing too bad, but just don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Um, But I mean, we had a great time out there and we ended up like really becoming uh, cool with the interns there that like we would take the golf cart around and one of my buddies actually put on the Harbor Hawk costume and ran on the field with it. Um, I mean, we drove the golf cart on the field. Like we did some, did some crazy stuff, but everyone loved us and like loved it. So, I mean, it was, it, we brought a good energy to, to the team. And I mean, yeah. <clears throat> out there in the Cape Cod, you think Cape Cod League, great fields, like all that, like huge stadiums. No, it's just your local high school parks. And I mean, they really didn't, most places really didn't have uh, bullpen benches. So it was, competition for who could have the coolest lawn chair so like we had guys with loungers i had a bungee cord or like a bungee wrapped uh lounge chair and it was like you bring your it was byoc bring your own chair to the game yeah um so were you coming out of the pen or were you starting there that summer? it was mostly out of the bullpen i ended up coming out of the bullpen in the first game and kind of got lit up and it was, I mean, it was the first time I've come out of the bullpen in a while. I got a start a few days later. It went okay. Um, first few innings were good, and then just the wheels fell off after that. And then I 
uh, honestly, after the season was over, I, I would got my host dad was really close with Coach Gassman. He's like, Ryan, like, I got to tell you this. We were a day away from sending you home because, like, it just wasn't working out the way you had hoped. And then I got – he came down to the bullpen and was like, hey, do we have anyone who can throw in the eighth inning? We had – we were getting smoked or something like that. And when starter didn't give us many innings, then we used a bunch of relievers. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll throw, like – I uh, hadn't thrown in a couple of days and I was like, I'm good enough to go. And I ended up like striking out the side or something like that. And then he's like, if you wouldn't have done that, I don't know if you would have stayed. So it's kind of a little Man. crazy turn of events. That, Yeah, that's crazy. Cause that was like the first week, man, that, that's, yeah. that's crazy. So it was, it was bullpen but, um, for the uh, majority. It was um, kind of like a setup guy, if you want to say, cause we had a really good closer who was yeah. from Hawaii. So it was either come in right after the starter and keep the lead or, if it was late in the ball game and it was close, then I was going in. Yeah. So are you still close with a lot of the relationships you made that summer in the Cape Cod? Yes. I still talk to my host dad like every once a week, once every two weeks. Um, I talked yeah. to a good handful of the guys that we, that we were close to um, a couple of the pitching and my pitching coach. I talked to um, Ron Polk, who was one of the assistant coaches gives me a call here and there. So um, definitely some really good relationships and good friends that I have. And then I'll have yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember the last time we spoke, it was a little bit before the draft in 2019. Um, you were saying that you were wanting, wanting to go back and finish your double major. Have you gotten the chance to do that? No, I have not yet. I want to at okay. some point. Um, last year, I thought about it because Butler it, – it's tough with Butler because they don't offer many classes online. So yeah. this past year with COVID going on, they – offered a lot of classes online so it would have been a perfect opportunity for me to take advantage of it but I ended up going to the alternative site so then I was like okay yeah. I'm just going to focus solely on baseball rather than trying to handle both yeah so what was your double major it's something with business yeah it was right? marketing and finance okay so if baseball wasn't an option what do you think you would have done uh real estate either commercial or real estate yeah commercial real estate or developmental real estate all right, cool. Yeah, because real estate is one big thing I want to try to get into. But, yeah, that stuff's always interesting to me as yes, well. Yes, it's pretty cool stuff, um, and you can make a lot of money yeah. in different ways. So it's yeah, it's a cool avenue to go through. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit about the draft, like your draft experience. Okay. So you drafted 2019 third round to the Dodgers. Um, before, before the draft, it, I mean, it was a fairly good shot that you'd get drafted in the mid to early rounds. So what was that week leading up to the draft like? I did a couple pre-draft workouts. Um, I flew down to Florida and did a workout with the Yankees and then the Astros. And then, um, I did a workout at Cincinnati, um, close okay. by. So I went to great American ballpark and did that. And then the workouts with the Yankees and the Astros were at their spring training complexes. So I did okay. those. And then going a couple of days prior to the draft, it was looking pretty good. And anywhere we'd been hearing anything from rounds two to four. So it was either end of day one or beginning of day two was kind of what was, what was being tossed around. Yeah. So did you have a party day one and day two or what was that like? Uh, party? Not so much. I just had a couple close friends over day one and then my parents, obviously at my parents' house with my parents and my brother and then uh, my grandparents as well, who lived down uh, like 10 minutes down the road. All right. So what's going through your mind that day, day two? Like, are you keeping in contact with your agent much? Or are you trying to be left alone? Yeah. What's going on? I was talking, we, we were talking day or like the beginning, like early in the morning, um, the, uh, day two. And he's like, all right, it's going to happen today. 
Um, we're going to find out a little bit more in the next couple hours once everyone like starts waking up and getting on the phone. And then heard a few things, had a uh, something like lined up for the fourth round if I got there. Um, and then um, about what two picks before the Dodgers picked in the third round, I got a text saying Dodgers two picks like you're going. Don't tell anybody. And then it was kind of crazy because I had my phone ringer on just in case, like, I got a phone call. Like, I, yeah. and, like, if my phone slipped through the cracks of the couch or something like that, I wouldn't, like, miss the phone call. And I was watching the live stream on my laptop that I had put up onto the TV. So it was, like, a touch behind everything online. And with my ringer on, yeah. and the pick came up, and it was, like, about to go. And online was before – what went on on TV. So my phone was just beep, 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 like buzzing the whole time. And I was like, and my parents were looking at me. My brother was looking at me. I told my, I like looked over my brother and kind of got it. Cause my mom wanted a video and I like looked over yeah. to him and I was like, I signaled like a little something to him to get his phone out um, and start recording so that my mom could have that. And then everyone was looking at me like, what's going on? What's going on? And I was like, all right, it's, it's happening. It's like, it's, a pick away like Dodgers I'm going like and it was yeah. it was a crazy experience really cool really surreal yeah just like a lot of dreams a lot of hard work uh put into that and to have everything culminate to that to that moment was really cool yeah so what was your mom's reaction like for that uh screaming tears everything under the sun yeah yeah um, so what were the days like after the draft? Like how long was it before you were in LA or were you in Glendale to yes. find the contest? Yes. I was I got a call after the pick from some people in the front office and the player development. They were like, okay, this is the plan. Like, we're going to give us a couple days. Like, um, say your goodbyes, say your thank yous, um, everything you need to do in the next couple days, and then we'll fly you out to Arizona. So I think it was like four days after the draft, I want to say, three to four days. Okay. So pretty quick turnaround, headed out to Arizona um, um, to sign the contract and then get going. Okay, so was that um, was that moment with your family like the surreal moment that hit you that you're going to be playing professional ball? Yes, it was. Going into it, I was like, okay, this is getting real. Like it's like I'm going to be playing professional baseball soon. And then once that moment happened, where I saw my name on TV, um, I was like, this is this is legit. This is real. Yeah. So you had you were a junior coming out of Butler when you got drafted. Correct. So you had one more year of eligibility. Like, was there anything in your mind that thought maybe you might be going back to uh, Butler to play that last season? I hadn't really thought about it. I was kind of just waiting to see where what happened with the draft, and then I was going to contemplate after. Okay, okay. Um, so you get to Glendale, you sign that contract four or five days later. Um, are you practicing with the rookie team like that day after you signed the contract, we, or what was? So they've had. I don't know if what they called it. It wasn't draft school, but it kind of was. But it was uh, all the new draft guys that signed um, that day. So there was probably out of the 40 draft picks, there's probably like 25 of us there, for not including a couple guys who signed later or some of the guys who ended up going back to school. Um, and we were kind of in a separate group to start just to get shown the ropes, understand the program, understand the throwing program, um, and just not get spoon fed if that's not the right terminology, but it more lines of just kind of just walked through. Um, and so we were kind of on our own for a couple of weeks and then thrown into the rookie ball. 
with the AZL yeah. teams. So, what, what, like, what were the, some of the big differences you saw from the pro guys in Glendale compared to Butler? Like, how they're day in and day out? Well, and with pro boys, you're getting your one, two, three, four hitters for every college or high school. Um, that that's Those are the guys that are in pro ball, so there's not a, a weakness in any of the lineups. The game speeds up each level. Um, you got guys that run faster, that throw harder, um, guys who can take the extra base um, and all that stuff. So that's probably a couple thing or a couple things I'd say about how the differences. I mean, and there were some great guys. Like I've met, I mean, I haven't met a guy I don't like yet. There's just great guys in the whole organization. And then another big thing is you have guys from different countries and different backgrounds. Like people have come from all over. Um, you got everyone coming from all 50 states of the United States, and then you have guys from coming from other countries, whether it's uh, Dominican Republic, uh, Puerto Rico, Cuba, uh, Mexico. We have some guys from Taiwan. Um, so there's a language barrier as well. So that was another big thing, like trying to remember my yeah. Spanish from high school to just pick up on things just to, you know, befriend some of the guys. Yeah. So um, you weren't pitching in Glendale very long before you got promoted to Great Lakes, right? Correct. I think it was like three, three or four times maybe. Okay. And were you on a pitch count at all? Like what was that end of the yeah. season like? Yeah. So it was – I was on a pitch count – um, I mean, they wanted to build us up a little bit, but I had already thrown a good amount of innings during the season and then leading up to the season. So with, with college season starting a little bit before professional season, they wanted to, they didn't want to stretch me too far. Um, so getting going, it was like an inning and then an inning and a third or something like that, just to like get up for a second inning and then two innings. And then I think is when I went off, but when I went to great lakes, it was, um, like, I think I had a 30 or 35 pitch count. So once okay. once I hit that, it was my day's over. But they just kind of wanted yeah. to get me on the the routine, the five day routine of uh, what a professional starter goes through, um, and just be a part of the team as well. Yeah. And so, what was that difference like? So going from pitching like every Friday night to going every fifth day, like what was your prep difference? What was all that? Like what was the difference in that? Um, uh, I kind of like it more. You get to throw, you get to pitch more often. Um, so it's a lot yeah. of fun. Um, but it's just uh, time management, understanding how my body works, understanding how my body recovers, and just kind of learning learning how that goes through on a five-day routine instead of a seven where I have a couple extra days if I'm not feeling great. So now it's yeah. um, figuring out what I need to do in the training room, recovery room to make sure I'm feeling my best every fifth day. Yeah. So your family got to see you pitching, pitching in South Bend? Correct. They got to – my parents came to – First time I pitched in in uh, Great Lakes up in Midland, and then everything okay. around the Midwest League is pretty close. So wherever I went, I generally had somebody there. I think I think when I pitched in Grand Rapids and West Michigan, I don't think I had anybody there. Um, but being close, my parents were like, "Okay, this is the closest affiliate with the Dodgers, so we're going to see you as much as we possibly can." Yeah, because I remember I went and watched you pitch one game. Yes, you were South there in Bend. South Bend. Like I remember, like there's a big group there for you yeah i had a whole whole squad so everyone was thinking the same thing like i don't know when the next time i'll get to see him pitch in the game so we'll go we'll drive the two hours up south then yeah um so after that 2019 season in the off season like i think in the really beginning of the off season there was a few trade rumors that had your name on it yeah um like what were your what were your thoughts that were going through your head when you kept song and keep seeing your name 
like on Twitter or just on MLB trade rumors and stuff like that? It was pretty cool to like see my name thrown around in a trade. Um, I didn't really think much of it until I was only going to think of it if it went official. Um, I didn't want to like put that in my mental space and have to like yeah. worry about yeah. that. But definitely pretty – it's something I didn't even think about going into pro ball is like the whole business and trade aspect to it. Um, so it was definitely definitely interesting to look on Twitter and see MLB trade rumors, possible trade with so-and-so, and then I'm included in it. It was yeah. it was interesting yeah. for sure. Yeah. So were you still in training camp when those were going on? Because I know – well, not in training camp, but like in Glendale. Because I remember – uh, seeing that you didn't leave Glendale for a while. Like you were one of the last guys to leave in that 2019 season. Yeah. So I went to uh, the instructional league after um, this 2019 season was over. So I went out there and I didn't throw or anything. I was just part of um, a strength camp just to get introduced to how the off season uh, weights training and conditioning program goes just to get my feet wet with an off season on my own and just kind of have the, the right tools and steps to, to have a good off season. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you ended up being one of the first guys in the 2020 spring training, but, um, what was the 2020 spring training like when you got that call saying COVID is going to cancel our season for a little bit? Um, what was that experience like? That was an, it was an interesting experience because we had all been out there for a while, month or two so far. And we started seeing rumors around about coronavirus, like what, what it was. And I was like, okay, it's in foreign countries. Like maybe it won't come here or something like that. And then it ends up coming here. And some of the guys were like, dude, others, like other leagues or NCAA basketball is all banging the NCAA tournament. We're like, we're next. And then we ended up having, it was literally the day that we were supposed to, um, start playing outside competition like play against other teams yeah in spring training they're like off tomorrow meeting saturday we'll see you guys then um i was like okay this is interesting and then we get to the field thinking like okay meeting maybe work out afterwards and all the coaches are not in uniform they're in street clothes packed bags and everything and we're all like well we're going home and so then during the meeting they were like we don't really know exactly what's going on what's going to be the future so we're hoping to have you guys back in a week or two, um, just like a brief hiatus. And then a week or two turned into a month or two, turned into four months or however long it was. Yeah. So once that season got started, you were sent to the alt site, one of the, one of the few people to do that. What was that like? That was a really cool experience. We were put up in a hotel in downtown Los Angeles and then working out at uh, USC, University of Southern California every day. So we had the whole field to ourselves where their weight room, locker rooms, um, it was a cool experience. It was kind of spring training-ish like since we weren't allowed to play outside competition and just playing against ourselves. So you see the same guys um, up to bat every fifth day. Um, but they tried to make it as um, fun as possible and make it not seem like a spring training field just so that it's not monotonous and the same same thing every day. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a cool experience, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of being able to be a part of that, but I hope we don't have to have anything like that again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you must have been fairly good because uh, Baseball America said you were the best pitcher at that alt site that year, last year. Well, in, in an article that I read. But um, so you ended up getting to face the actual Los Angeles Dodgers for about two innings uh, one game, right? And face yes. like Bellinger, Betts, and all those guys? Yes, I did. 
So what was that process like when you saw Cody Bellinger, uh, just the MVP of the year before? What was that like uh, getting to face him and what was going through your mind? It was a really cool experience. I mean, when they told me I was part of the 60-man crew to go to the alternate site, they were like, you're probably going to throw in one of the summer camp games at the stadium against the guys. So just get out here. When you get out here, we'll quarantine you. We'll get you tested and get you all good to go, get you built back up with a bullpen and then, uh, and then get you out there. So it was, it was like three days after I had first started working out through a bullpen, like the first day. And they're like, all right, you're going to the game on – what was it, Sunday or Monday or something like that? And then I was, like, planning to go to the game, and I'd watched a few of them before, and I saw, like, a lot of the guys that were at the alternate site, like, they were throwing, like, last in the game. So I was like, all right, I'll have plenty of time to just sit there, watch, like, get the nerves out. And then I get to the field, get to Dodger Stadium, get to the the weight room, start, like, foam rolling, stretching, getting ready to go. And I start talking to uh, Josiah Gray, and I was like, oh, who are you starting against tonight? And he's like, you. And I was – Taken back, shocked, an hour before the game, I find out I'm starting tonight. And I was like, okay, I'm starting. Awesome. Probably a good thing that they didn't tell me because I probably wouldn't have slept the night before. But anyway, I'm like, well, which team am I facing? He goes, you're facing the team I faced the other day with Mookie and Bellinger and Jock and JT. And I was like, all right, well, come here and get thrown right into the fire, I guess. Yeah. Um, But it was was a crazy experience. It was a crazy experience. I mean, I went out there – Nervous for sure. Um, I, luckily, there wasn't fifty thousand fans screaming at me the whole time, so that that helped that there was nobody there. I think just calmed yes. the nerves a little bit. And then once I threw that first pitch, and Mookie didn't hit it like five hundred feet, and it was a strike. Like I was like, okay, I'm I'm good. I can do this. Like, I'm yeah. all right. So, did you have a game plan going into each hitter, or did you just kind of no like an actual inner squad game? No, it was just kind of just go out there and be myself and not try to do too much. Yeah. Um, so what was your experience this year? I saw you on MLB. It was, it was a great experience. I mean, I learned a lot um, just being around some of the guys, taking some tips from um, David Price, like Walker Bueller, um, those kind of guys who are your everyday guys and just kind of picking their brains a little bit and then just being able to pick up things that they do, part of their routines that I might, that I want to add to mine. Um, and then just, getting into some games with fans again was, was awesome. Yeah. So right now, right now I'm part of minor league camp, um, kind of in a separate group right now with the guys who were in major league camp as well, playing against some uh, outside competition every few days, just since uh, the guys came in for minor league camp aren't fully built up. So they have to throw their bullpens in their lives before they can start throwing games against outside competition. So they kept the major league camp guys that were in my, that are in minor league camp in a little separate kind of group to get to play some outside competition so that we didn't have to go through that whole process again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they haven't told you where you're going yet this year and the season starts like the first week of May. I, I, Correct. What like lever pretty going forward. Uh, there, I'm still building me up as a starter right now, so okay. I'm, I'll be I'll be starting this season. Um, your agent selection process—I told you before—to be an agent, MLB specific. But uh, I just want to ask you a few questions. Um, when was it? Just uh, an advisor started reaching out to you. Um, Blake and Rosa with True Gravity were the first guys to reach out to me. 
Um, and they reached out to me, who I want to say before the Big East tournament. Um, Your junior year or sophomore year? Sophomore year in 2018. Okay. So before I went out to the Cape. Um, and so I had a meeting with them before the Big East tournament, before I went out to the Cape. Um, really enjoyed that. And then went out to Cape Cod and there was advisors, agents everywhere. Um, you throw, it was kind of crazy. I throw an inning, I'd go back to the bullpen, uh, hang out with the guys and I'd get stopped like two, three times on the walk back. Like, Hey, what's your phone number? What's your email? Like, yeah, we want to send you some information. Um, so that was interesting. I had, I had plenty of meetings when I was out there, uh, probably five or six with meeting with a bunch of different guys and groups just to kind of see what was out there. Yeah. And did you like all those agents just coming out of you out of the blue? Like, was that a thing you enjoyed or did it kind um, of? It was, it was pretty cool um, to have that happen. Um, but at the same time, it was, it was interesting where I had to think about it a little bit where I was like, okay, they just watched me pitch and I threw well. So if I didn't throw well, were they still going to come up to me? Or yeah. did they even do homework on me and like know who I am or anything or know anything about me before, yeah. before yeah. that? And then uh, going through the process of picking an agent in an agency, like what put true gravity on top for you? 100% my relationship with, with Blake and Raza. Um, That was the biggest thing for me is because they're going to be a part of my career the whole time. And I didn't want somebody who was going to make it feel like a, like a business the whole time. Um, I wanted somebody who had my best interests, who I knew had my best interests, who I trusted and somebody who I could go to with anything, honestly. And Blake and Raza are more, family and friends than um they are really my agents so i got to talk to them yeah. both daily pretty much so yeah it's um definitely and i wanted to i wanted a smaller uh agency anyway just so that they could have my best interests and you know i could actually be re- i could actually reach them if i needed something um just similar to going to butler like you know, i wanted somewhere where um it was smaller so that i wasn't a big fish or like a little fish in a big pond kind of thing. Yeah. So you knew like those were like before going in before you even met them. Correct. I had like a little checklist of things that I wanted to go through. Similar, similar process to picking a school where I had like pros and cons of things and like what I was looking for. Okay. Um, so like for any collegiate players listening, uh, do you have like a little pitch that you could do for true gravity baseball? Like just the great things they do for you and what they could do for other players that are in your position? I mean, they put my best interest forward and they want me to succeed in any way possible. I mean, whether that's getting me gear on the field or just being there as somebody to talk to 24-7. I mean, you can't go wrong with my guys, with Blake and Raza. They're they're true, great people and just want what's best for me and want me to succeed. Yeah. And then, like, what advice would you give to any, like, um, new coming agents that are trying to get their first client, like what advice would you give to them? Definitely try to build relationships and don't get, don't get beat up by not getting somebody. You know, if you go hard for a certain player and he ends up choosing a different route, use that and learn from maybe why didn't he choose somebody else. And when they, when you do get that phone call saying like, Hey, I'm going to go a different route. Like, what made you choose them over me? You don't have to be like bombard them or be yeah. rude about it in any way. Just be like, Hey, like totally understand. Like I get that. Like that's all good. Um, just if you don't mind, like let me know, like 
what made what put them over the top kind of thing. So, um, have they helped you with a few endorsements? Because I see you posting a lot of different brands that you're getting um, like care packages from and stuff like that. Yes, yes, they have helped me get some um, endorsements with whether it's like gloves, on-field apparel, and then stuff to wear um, outside, other things, and just. It's the same thing, like I said, about building relationships. They've built relationships with those companies um, prior with other players, and then it's uh, easy for them to just be able to say, hey, we have this other guy. Would you would you mind picking him up or sending him yeah. something? Yeah, so like if you could – like, so let's say, I don't know, five years down the road, you're a starting pitcher for the LA Dodgers or whatever team it is. What would be like a dream brand that you could endorse? Oh, I don't know. I've never really thought about that. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, growing up, I always thought it would be cool to be on the Wheaties box, but um, I don't. I don't know. That's just something. Something that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I don't really have anything specific to answer that. Just you know, just similar to picking an agency, just somebody who who wants wants to be a part, or like a part of my career. You know. Yeah. So, what would you say your brand? I mean, I guess, what would your personal brand be for as a player and off the field, you would say? Um, I'm just out there just trying to be a, a good teammate, a hardworking good teammate who's going to give my team the best chance to win every single night. Um, every fifth day, you know, you're going to get my best. Um, whatever I have that day, you're going you're to get my all. Yeah, okay. So what are some of your passions beyond the field? Um, I've gotten big in the golf. Um, okay. Not great, but I've gotten big in the golf. Um trying to do some real estate stuff. I know we talked about that. It was what I wanted to do out of school, but I kind of want to get into that on like kind of like a side type thing. And then, um, as in like, what do you mean by as in real estate? Like, like, uh, properties, like rental properties type thing, flipping houses or something like that. Um, once I get the time and then definitely, I definitely want to like find a charity that I really like to, give back and like help out. And I know my fiance Lily and I have like talked a lot about in what aspects like we would like to give back and definitely want to help out kids in some way and, you know, help out underprivileged kids. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that you guys were getting married um, this off season, right? Congratulations yes. on that. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So this season you had, what was it this season or last you had your first baseball card with Bowman, I believe. Um, and you actually had a set like that was signed. Like, what was that process like of getting in contact with them and signing cards for Bowman to put into their packs? So Blake and Raza set that up for me, and then I actually I signed with uh, signed cards for Panini as well, and then tops with their Bowman set. Um, and then I just got a big old box of cards and a couple markers in it with some instructions and said, "All right, sign all these," and then. Um, uh, we'll send you, send you a check for it. Um, and then with tops, they had somebody like watching me sign for a little while just to make sure I was doing it right, I guess. Um, but it was pretty cool. Like, I, I mean, you have your, you have your baseball cards when you're growing up from the ones that mom puts on the fridge, but like these ones are like real. And then yeah, I actually had a couple of family friends who, and like uh, a couple of administrators at Butler whose kids would go to all the games. They actually pulled my card in a couple packs that I was like, that is like, what are the odds of that? Yeah, that's that's cool. 
But um, so let's talk a little bit about Indianapolis. You're from Westfield. I'm not 100% sure how far away that is from Indy. It's like uh, 20 minutes from Butler, 20, 25 minutes, and it's like 30 minutes north of Indianapolis, downtown. Okay. Okay. So what are your favorite things to do in your hometown and um, actual downtown Indy or Butler? Um, when I'm back home, I always stop at uh, Big Hoffa's Barbecue, get barbecue whenever I'm home, like once or twice for sure. Um, I go back to my school, see some teachers, see former coaches, um, go back to the places I've always trained at and, you know, just try to see everyone, go visit all my friends from back home. Um, in downtown Indy, I didn't, I haven't really gone downtown that often, um, I definitely miss going to Butler basketball games. That's for sure. Um, uh, Broad Ripple's pretty. That's where I spent most of my time in college. Was going yeah, to Broad I, Ripple. Yeah, I actually, I actually just drove through there for the first time of, a few days ago with my my cousin lives out there and he was showing me around the town. But really beautiful, yep. really beautiful little town. Yeah, it's a great um, little spot. Yeah. So, what's your favorite restaurant in your hometown, and what would be your um, adult beverage of choice? Um. Big Hoffa's Barbecue, my favorite restaurant. Um, definitely by far. No competition. Getting a Hoffinator all day. Um, and then my beverage of choice is probably margarita. Margarita? All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I should just ask that. I mean, I don't know. You're 22, 23. So I was like, oh, that might be a good question to ask. But it's a, it's a valid that, question. Yeah. Besides that, I don't think I have anything else for you. Um, just, I appreciate you coming on the show today. I look forward to watching you pitch this year, wherever that is, and look forward to following your career. Uh, Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. So another great episode in the books. Hope you guys learned a lot from Ryan. I know I did. Um, like I said earlier, he's a great dude. Looking forward to watching him pitch at Dodger Stadium. Uh, very soon, probably going to be a September call-up this year. But be on the lookout for Monday's episode with J3 Sports CEO Justin Johnson. We had a very lengthy conversation about his company, about other things like NIL rights, stuff like that. Um, so next week we have another Friday, another Friday episode, this time with Diamondbacks prospect Dre Jameson, another guy drafted from um, 2019 from Indiana. So hope to, guy, hope to see you guys then.